1: Hello and welcome to the City Club of Cleveland, where we are devoted to conversations of consequence that help democracy thrive. It's Thursday, November 10th, and I'm Pat Pastore, the regional president for PNC here in Cleveland. It is my pleasure to introduce the annual State of Downtown featuring the president and CEO of the Downtown Cleveland Alliance, Michael Deemer. Like most urban downtowns throughout the nation, downtown Cleveland is moving on from a period of instability triggered by the COVID-19 pandemic, and the recovery has been palpable. Entertainment venues have largely reopened to full capacity, and I think we have all benefited from the strong playoff appearance by our guardians. Still so questions remain on shifting patterns of remote versus in-person workforce, business attraction, and the resident experience. Michael Deemer stepped into the role of CEO in 2021 during a critical time of transition. He brought a renewed focus and advocacy for all downtown Cleveland's for all of downtown Cleveland's stakeholders and a collaborative approach to supporting the long-term economic and social health of our region's economic anchor. For today's forum, Mr. Deemer will first provide some remarks on the state of downtown, followed by a conversation with the City Club CEO, Dan Malthrop. If you have questions for our speaker, you can text it to 330-541-5794. Again, 330-541-5794. You can also tweet your question to at the City Club and the City Club staff will try to work it into the second half of the program. Members and friends of the City Club of Cleveland, please join me in welcoming Michael Diemer.
2: Pat, thank you for those kind remarks and the very generous introduction. Uh, I'd like to thank the City Club for the honor and privilege of being here today. Uh, and thank PNC for your sponsorship of uh, the State of Downtown and your, your support of Downtown Cleveland Alliance uh, and Downtown Cleveland. I'd like to recognize our board members. Uh, we're building a grassroots and stakeholder-driven board comprised of strategic-minded city builders. I'm grateful for the presence of my board chairs, Karen Fanger, Tom Einhouse, Mary Beth Feek, and Kira Hennessy. I know we have a number of public officials in the room. Uh, I'd like to thank you for being here as well, uh, develop, developing uh, downtown, city building. It all requires public private public-private partnership, uh, and I'm grateful for your attendance as well and your partnership. Uh, we have a number of civic partners in the room, too many to list, uh, but we can't do the work of rebuilding our downtown and redesigning it for the future uh, without the support of all of our strategic partners. Uh, I'd like to recognize a, a couple, though, in particular, that are important to uh, the Downtown Cleveland Alliance uh, family. Um, we, we do extensive work uh, with Flats Forward, with the campus district, and I know their executive directors, Mark Lammon and Jim Havlinder, are here. I'd like to thank you for your presence and your partnership. Uh, I'd very much like to thank the Downtown Cleveland Alliance staff. Over the last year, we've built an intergenerational team of veteran place management professionals, And the next generation of city builders to lead the work of transforming the center city for the future i can't do this work without them this team is instrumental to the recovery of our city's core and i thank you for being here and make no mistake downtown cleveland needs recovery downtown cleveland the area encompassing the west bank of the flats to to east 30th is in a state of flux the future of downtown is uncertain Now those may not be the words you expected to hear from a so-called booster. Today's topic is the state of downtown, optimism for the future. I'm enough of an optimist to to think that the glass is half full. Uh, I'm enough of a realist to look at that glass and know it's half empty. Uh, And downtown can go either way right now. And where we go from here is really gonna determine the future of downtown Cleveland. Today I'm gonna highlight our downtown now strategic plan and the work Downtown Cleveland Alliance is doing to catalyze and accelerate our center city's recovery in partnership with the City of Cleveland. I'll call attention to the challenges that we know all too well. The assets we have our priorities and some of the key strategies that we're executing. And I'll preview what's next for Downtown Cleveland. If you leave here with nothing else today, I want you to leave here with this. Our Downtown is changing. We're adapting to that change, but we're doing more than adapting. We're shaping the future of downtown and what the future of work is going to look like. We're partnering with the city on a national stage to remodel our downtown for the future, evolve our economic development programs to be competitive, and enact best practices right here in downtown Cleveland. The reality is our downtown does face serious challenges. Challenges we've not seen the likes of since the 1990s. Inflation, recession, mental health, health, shelter, and addiction related crises. Climate change, racial disparities, aging public infrastructure, concentrated poverty, and uncertainty about the future of work are just a few of the issues that we face. These challenges are real, but they're not unique to Cleveland. I was at the International Downtown Association annual conference in in September, uh, and I recently joined their board of directors. And I can tell you from my conversations with them, we're all facing the same issues, the same challenges. But in talking with them, I also know that Cleveland has assets that other cities really wanna have. We have a decade of pre-pandemic momentum. If you step back and think where we were at the beginning of 2020, uh, we were leading the city and the region in population growth. We'd had 31% population growth in the preceding 10 years, making downtown the fastest growing neighborhood in the city. We had 13.8% private sector job growth in the preceding 10 years, nearly $9 billion of investment completed. Another asset we have is generational leadership change. Think of all the leadership change that we've had over the course of the last year and a half. At the city, with Mayor Bibb, the 11th Congressional District, with Congresswoman Chantel Brown. At City Council, Cleveland State University, Case Western Reserve University, Cuyahoga Community College, the Gund Foundation, Greater Cleveland Partnership, Cleveland Neighborhood Progress, just to name a few. And just this week, a new county executive. I'd like to congratulate Chris Ronane as county executive elect, and we're really looking forward to working with him uh, and all of the other new leaders uh, in Cleveland. But I think what's even more remarkable than all of the generational leadership change that we've had is how much alignment there is uh, in, among the new leaders in Cleveland. We are all aligned around the importance of the core of the city, the importance of city building, and that philosophy that was outlined in the introduction that to have a strong region, you need to have a strong city. This, to have a strong city, you have to have a strong core. We've got investment in downtown Cleveland as another asset. We have property owners committed to the future. In 2020, which was a difficult year by any stretch of the imagination, uh, property owners in downtown Cleveland removed, renewed the downtown Cleveland Improvement District despite the pandemic, despite civil unrest, a school levy increase, and expanding footprint and the need to raise additional funds for public square. We have residents, businesses, and civic leaders as evidenced by all of your attendance here today that are concerned about and committed to the center city's future. And we're a national leader, a national leader, not just in the state, in repurposing historic buildings to new purposes. Other cities are looking to us. We have a positive recovery trend line. Residential occupancy is back up to 92% and trending upward. 62 percent of office workers on average on any given day have returned to downtown cleveland that's above the national average that's still hovering around 50 percent 80 percent recovery of foot traffic with visitors returning for ball games concerts theater and nightlife we've had a net increase of 80 retailers over the course of the last three years that's not to suggest those numbers are anywhere near where they need to be they're not they're trending in the right direction we've got things to build on but there's still a lot of work to do And I think that's where our Downtown Now strategic plan comes in. The Downtown Now plan really ensures that our grassroots and stakeholder-driven alliance is rooted in our core values of inclusion, innovation, and influence. To create this plan, we worked with Denver-based progressive urban management associates, real estate economists that specialize in working with urban place management organizations across the country, like Downtown Cleveland Alliance. We spoke with over 100 individuals and surveyed over 1,000 people in the community for input. This plan clarifies our mission, and it's very simple, to attract people, jobs, and investment by improving the economy, the environment, experience, and engagement of downtown Cleveland. We've organized the Alliance staff and board around these four areas, and I'd like to elaborate on our goals and strategies in each of them. First, the environment. Our environment work really focuses on ensuring that downtown Cleveland has a clean, safe, and welcoming foundation. Our goal here is to focus on the core, activate our social services network, monitor and maintain public infrastructure, and deliver great public services that improve life for all of downtown. The guiding principle of our environment work is that a visible, uniformed, unarmed presence is essential to enhancing the reality and perception of safety in downtown Cleveland. Over the last year, we've increased starting wages for our clean and safe ambassadors on duty from 7 a.m. to midnight, seven days per week, from $12 an hour to $16 an hour. We've increased the number of ambassadors from 75 to 100. We've initiated neighborhood safety specialists in the Gateway District, Warehouse District, and Flats, including late night service from midnight to 3.30 a.m. Later this month, we're launching a pilot project through which Downtown Cleveland Alliance neighborhood safety specialists and Cleveland police officers will co-deploy from Tower City Center and patrol the public square area Uh, Providing a greater visible presence, but greater coordination uh, between our ambassadors and the Cleveland Police Department. We've increased our outreach to people who are in need of mental health, addiction, and shelter, uh, but in particular to those uh, that are are shelter and treatment resistant. So much of the population that that we're working with in downtown Cleveland, uh, if they want and need a bed, we can find a bed. If they want and need social services, we can find them. Uh, but we, we're working primarily with a population that, for a lot of good reasons, is treatment and, and shelter resistant. Uh, it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of resources, a lot of partners, but we're focused on it. And now our ambassadors are also monitoring public infrastructure, reporting deficiencies to the city, and making plans to make repairs. So that's our environment work. Very important foundation for downtown Cleveland. I'll talk a little bit now about our experience work which focuses on programming and activating downtown's public spaces and streets. The goal here is to improve downtown life for residents and workers while demonstrating to our visitors Cleveland's diversity and distinctiveness. The guiding principle is that frequent, family-friendly, four-season activities will make downtown Cleveland a commute-worthy place for workers, deliver a more compelling destination for visitors, and enhance the quality of life for residents. Over the course of the last year, we've animated a dozen different downtown public spaces. We've animated downtown 160 days of the year through four seasons. We held the second annual Juneteenth Freedom Fest and brought the Great Lakes Tall Ships Festival to the North Coast. Our Connection is Stronger Downtown campaign focused on creating unique experiences that catered to office workers and residents. Last, or later this month, we'll kick off the Winterland season with the holiday lighting ceremony on Public Square. Building on tactics that we deployed last year, Winterland will run through December, January, and February as we make downtown Cleveland a four-season neighborhood. That's our experience work. And that all flows into our economy work. Our economic development planning and policy work is central to the mission of Downtown Cleveland Alliance and downtown's needs. The guiding principle of that work is that concentrating jobs in the city's core is inherently equitable and environmentally sustainable. Our goals are to champion the office market, energize our storefront economy, and increase in diversified downtown housing options. Over the last year, we've focused on returning office workers to downtown, business attraction and retention, and supplying developers and public officials with reliable market data. We're working with the developers to plan and implement projects from the West Bank to East 30th. But we know it isn't enough to simply ensure these projects are completed. We're working with the public and private sector to ensure the projects when completed contribute to a more seamless urban fabric and enhance the environment and experience of downtown for workers, residents and visitors. Moving on to our engagement work, this is about building partnerships, communicating with stakeholders and influencing matters that we do not directly control. All the work and visions described above cannot be achieved without powerful partnerships and strong stakeholder support. We're re-energizing our board to strengthen the role of property owners and to bring more downtown stakeholders to the table. At the same time, we're gonna mold the next generation of leadership for the city of Cleveland. So we're focused on improving the economy, environment, experience and engagement of downtown Cleveland. But I think the question on everybody's mind in this room and probably listening in Uh, is where do we go from here? What will downtowns be? We envision downtown Cleveland as the welcoming hub of a diverse global city that weaves together downtown's districts and surrounding neighborhoods into a seamless urban fabric that is greater than the sum of its parts. To achieve this vision, we're partnering with Mayor Bibb, Council President Griffin, and his colleagues at City Council to reshape downtown Cleveland for the future. Downtown Cleveland Alliance has historically left placemaking and elevating multimodal transportation to other partners. No more. With over 20,000 residents, downtown Cleveland has become a neighborhood. We're working to complete downtown's transformation from a central business district to a community business district. This means building a place where the entire greater Cleveland community and visitors from around the globe feel welcome to come together to work, live and play. It means shaping our downtown into a model 15 minute neighborhood Where all needs, including school, work, errands, and recreation, can be met within 15-minute walks or bike rides. It means building a commute-worthy city center that leads workers to choose downtown Cleveland rather than sitting at home on Zoom or driving to a suburban office park. As we look to the future, we can't sit back and wait to see what the future of work will look like. We need to make the future of work right here in downtown Cleveland. And we'll work with the city, with property owners, developers, regional partners. And community development corporations to comprehensively redesign downtown from the Cuyahoga river and the north coast to east 30th and all the surrounding neighborhoods into a truly seamless urban fabric we're the only economic development organization focused exclusively on the city core in short we are the city's partner in reviving the center city and we will be the steadfast steward in ensuring the modernization of downtown cleveland is implemented the importance of downtown cleveland to our region is clear that's why you're all here today we can't have a strong region without a strong city we can't have a strong city without a strong core and the work of building a strong core is not for the faint of heart trust me the struggles are complex they are challenging and at times they can seem insurmountable we wring our hands over how to attract jobs and talents so much in this region, in this city, that it's a wonder that we don't all have carpal tunnel syndrome. (laughs) But we know what attracts people, jobs, and investment. We see the evidence all around us. Building a more walkable, transit-oriented, bikeable 15-minute city is what attracts talent and jobs. We see the evidence all around us. We have to put the knowledge into action. At Downtown Cleveland Alliance, we're done talking and we're ready to do. My commitment today, is that DCA is your downtown champion. We are leading, collaborating, and most of all, implementing. We overcome obstacles, we get it done. With the city builders we have in the room today, watching on TV and online and listening in, I know we can redesign our downtown to be a magnet for talent, jobs, and investment. Let's do it together, let's do it for downtown, and let's do it now. Thank you.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, um, thank you all so much for joining us. I'm just getting this microphone attached. Michael, um, what's the? You you briefly talked about office, and I want to just hone in on that to start because I think it's probably one of the most significant ways in which the um, in way wh- the ways in which we've seen the the difference in how downtown looks and feels. Yeah. Right? There's fewer office workers. Yeah. Um, there are fewer tenants, mm-hmm. um, and there's more space. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a part of a national trend, and I honestly don't know if it's worse here than it is in other places. Is it? Uh,
2: we're, we're, we're better off than a lot of other places, and we're, we're better off for one simple reason. We've figured out adaptive reuse. We figured out how to convert office space to new uses. And there are so many other cities, so many other downtowns who are trying to figure that out on the fly and in desperation. Mm-hmm. So with that as a starting point, you know, we're not in a position where we have to figure out how are we going to fill millions of square feet of office space. We've already com- converted millions of square feet to new uses. We're going to have to convert millions more of square feet to new uses. We've got we, we, to attract jobs. We've got to attract office workers back. But we have to have a dual strategy. So when
0: you say when you say new uses, I mean that's primarily
2: residential. I'd say residential and, and hospitality hotel.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how much could the market absorb here?
2: Well, interesting that you asked that question. We we are um, we're in the, the final stages of completing a uh, housing demand study, working with the Greater Cleveland Partnership uh, mm-hmm. in the City of Cleveland on, on that project, uh, and we're working with uh, an organization we worked with just a few years ago, Philadelphia-based Urban Partners, uh, to really look at. Um, what the depth of, of demand is uh, for, for downtown living. Uh, I think it's an exercise that we have to go through uh, as an organization and for the community. Um, I think all the evidence suggests and we really believe that we continue to only really be scratching the surface of meeting the demand for downtown living. You know, we, we've got 20,000 residents from the West Bank, the East 30th, living in, in, in downtown. Uh, we've got a lot of opportunity to build greater density uh, in the core and in the surrounding neighborhoods that are adjacent to downtown.
0: You, you and I have been a part of these conversations, you know, with your predecessor, Joe Marinucci, um, for, you know, I've been involved in these for more than a decade. Um, when- You don't look it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, please stop laughing. <laughs> um, no in all seriousness the residential population I remember when the residential population was 11 uh, 11,000 maybe 13,000 yeah uh, more than a decade ago today you're 20,000 yeah um, which is great if you can do all provide all the amenities yes. for a residential population right now downtown has great views <laughs> but in terms of amenities
2: it may not compete with what's right across the river in Ohio City yeah uh, well, I'll answer that two, two ways. Okay. I mean, one is that I, I think we need to think about, uh, we, we can't think quite as parochially about the city's core as we sometimes do. Um, we, we really need to think about uh, the core of downtown and Ohio City as each other's amenity bases. Mm-hmm. They're not that far apart. No, 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 um, no of course not. Uh, but to your point, we do need to build the amenity base in the core, uh, and I would call it a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've got uh, places like Heinen's and Constantino's and Simply Food where uh, residents can grocery shop. And again, we, we've got three places to buy groceries in downtown. M- most downtowns don't have that. We've got— There's no uh,
0: place to buy underwear.
2: Um, <laughs> I highly, highly suggest Amazon okay. and the Amazon <laughs> store down on Euclid <laughs> Avenue. Um, uh, uh, but it, well, we, we'll make sure you have underwear, Dan. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. It's been a long week. <laughs> Audrey, get on that. <laughs> um, uh, so um, we do need to build the, the the retail amenity base in downtown. We've got a collection of shops at the Fifth Street Arcades where people run daily errands. We have uh, DGX, um, you know, an and urban concept uh, Dollar General that ha- provides home goods, a lot of daily needs for residents. Um, as we gr- as we grow that residential base, we'll continue to grow the retail base, but yes we do need to continue to um, not just create bubble great public spaces in downtown we need to continue to grow and evolve the amenity base um, to meet the needs of a growing residential population Um, the strategic
0: plan congrats on on getting getting this done you've the as hard as that was that was the easy part now you have to to do it (laughs) Um, it calls out a, a few things one of which is to to move beyond serving only property owners I want you to talk more about that. Who is yeah. DCA? Who is DCA for?
2: DCA is for downtown. Uh, we, we we represent downtown, and um, we we were, we're, we're founded um, uh, to manage the the special improvement district uh, that is funded very generously by property owners uh, in in downtown Cleveland, uh, uh, who, who form the special improvement district to provide a set of enhanced services for the downtown core. Uh, Downtown Cleveland Alliance uh, was formed 17 years ago to manage that special improvement district uh, and and also to bring uh, a more diverse uh, group of downtown stakeholders uh, to the table. Residents, uh, employers, middle market businesses, small businesses. And I think uh, over the years we've done a terrific job of uh, providing service to the property owners. We haven't always done a great job Uh, as an alliance of uh, bringing uh, uh, that more diverse set of stakeholders to the table. Um, With this strategic plan, we're organizing ourselves in a way that I think is going to very clearly uh, give greater voice and uh, greater uh, strength to the property owners uh, when it comes to the Special Improvement District and policy and advocacy uh, of the organization. Uh, We're also creating avenues to mold that next generation of leadership and to bring the, the full cross-section of stakeholders in downtown, employers, small businesses, residents, civic partners uh, to the table so that we can really redesign and move downtown uh, forward in the way that we need to.
0: One of the other things that you speak about in the strategic plan, that DCA speaks about in the strategic plan, is the challenge of getting the, the Special Improvement District approved. Uh, with each successive time, I think this yeah. last time it was. You need it's a sixty percent threshold you need to reach. You were, you were at sixty two percent. Why is yeah. that so
2: hard? Uh, so we, we uh, every five years we need to secure support from property owners representing at least sixty percent of the linear front footage uh, in downtown. So To be, be technical about what the sixty percent is, Thank you. I know that's very important to everybody. Um, <laughs> uh, and we there, there, there's no. There's no reward for running up the score. Um, uh, I will say we turned in uh, a higher percentage of signatures uh, than we ever have before. Um, we had a number um, uh, that were uh, rejected on, on technical grounds uh, by, by the law department. Uh, we turned in about. Is that uh, vote fraud? You're saying uh, there's
0: a vote fraud? In- <laughs> sorry i'm sorry. saying it's, it's a, too soon i'm no. saying
2: it's a very technical process <laughs> okay. and there are lots of lawyers involved uh and i'm a recovering lawyer no, I, get, I, no I guess the, the question the isn't
0: so much about the technicalities but yeah. more that i mean you specifically call it out in the strategic plan yeah. that, that that the that stid approval is difficult to yeah.
2: to obtain every five years it it, it is challenging look we're, we're asking property owners that the pay uh, more money mm-hmm. uh, in a, a challenging economic environment. The last go around was a particularly challenging uh, time and, you know, we, the, the, the path to making sure that we're smoothing the renewal process is that uh, we're providing great service to the property owners uh, and that we're providing vision and direction on where downtown is going. Uh, that's what's going to smooth the path to renewing the Special Improvement District, which I think is critical to the sustainability in the future of downtown Cleveland.
0: Mm-hmm. So big picture when you think of the the future of downtown as being, it sounds like what you're saying, it's a likely mix of greater residential and and the, the commercial and office is going to, you know, you you hope to find some way to stabilize um, because it's been having a very difficult last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, what needs to chain, change about the built environment to accommodate a different, a different downtown population.
2: Well, if things that we were already recognizing as important before the pandemic, I, I just think they've they've all become more important. Uh, the uh, the lighting, and, and not just not just street lighting, but you know, lighting our buildings, creating uh, a attractive streetscape, the quality of our sidewalks, our bicycle infrastructure, um, the, the the look and feel of the pedestrian experience and I would add the bicycle uh, experience, the transit waiting experience in and across downtown, uh, more green space, more uh, uh, and better activated uh, green space uh, that is uh, keeping residents and workers and visitors uh, more engaged when they're here, giving them reasons uh, to come downtown uh, and, and really creating that environment that is above and beyond clean, safe and welcoming uh, that is engaging, that is creating irresistible experiences that people want to be a part of.
0: What's the best example you've seen in the last two years of something you've created that you want to just, that, that, that something DCA has been involved in, activation, and, you know, yeah. that, that you think is the sort of model for what you're imagining?
2: Well, we started to experiment earlier in, in the summer with closing off uh, streets for targeted periods. Um, we called it lunch in the lane. Um, we you know encourage people to come downtown uh, it was part of a larger strategy uh, that was developed with downtown employers uh, to try to create experiences uh, that would encourage workers to come back into downtown and it w- there wasn't anything complicated about it close off a street at, at lunch set up some tables and chairs bring in a band uh, and encourage people to go out to their favorite small business bring lunch back and enjoy lunch in the lane um, i think we can do more things like that uh, We created a park almost out of whole cloth uh, at uh, the corner of of West 9th and Superior, called Superior Hill Park. We removed a bunch of brush, we cleaned it up, uh, we created a park, we animated it, activated it. It's a great amenity for uh, residents, it's a great amenity for workers uh, in the Western Reserve building right across the street. Uh, I think doing more things like that uh, that is gonna create a more uh, engaging environment again for residents, workers, and visitors.
0: One of the sort of underlying challenges with the the environment has to do with the trend towards work from home. I want to thank everybody for coming downtown today. And <laughs> you you could have easily watched this online. Um, so you're here, thank, here. <laughs> but um, but one of the you know the the work from home trend is not cha- it's not going away. Right, a hundred percent of people who have uh, who manage offices are finding that there are. Fewer of the, that they don't have 100 percent of their employees in the office 100 percent of the time um, so what is that I mean and that, what that means is that everybody who is leasing space probably wants less space because they don't need as many desks as many seats as many, you know as many square feet. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- how do you deal with that? How do you help
2: property owners deal with that? I think that is the biggest challenge facing downtowns right now. Uh, It it was the talk of the International Downtown Association uh, conference. It is the the talk among the board of directors at International Downtown Association. Um, So it it is, is, I think that is the the question uh, facing downtowns. And I think we don't know all the answers yet. I, I think it's very important that we don't know what the future of work looks like. There are a lot of people making a lot of assumptions that you know we're all going to be working remotely for the next five to ten years Um, we don't know i I think the watchword of the future is going to be flexibility Uh, all employers are going to have to provide more flexibility i think employers are recognizing that when people are working remotely they're productive they're working they're certainly completing tasks but they're the sum of their parts employers understand when you bring people together to work It's more than productivity. It's more than completing tasks. We're greater than the sum of our parts. And I think we all kind of know that. But we're in an economic environment where employees have lots of choices uh, and have gotten used to a very, very high degree of flexibility. I think changing economic conditions and a changing labor market uh, is going to change that equation uh, a little bit. Um, But I I think going forward, there's going to be more flexibility. Um, people may not be at their desks five days a week, 40 hours a week um, at one end of the spectrum. But at the end of the spectrum, they're not going to be working five days a week, 40 hours a week remotely either. There's going to be some mix that we don't know what that looks like. And with regard to commercial space, there's a lot of things happening right now. I mean, there's certainly a lot of uh, tenants giving space back. We have a ton of sublease uh, space on the market, which is a challenge for downtown and a challenge... Uh, for the region's economy, uh, but, you know, we're also talking to employers that uh, they, they are anticipating fewer people in the office, uh, but people are also less interested in hoteling and sharing space with another human being than they were three years ago. So there's a need for um, employees to spread out a little more, for there to be more enclosed offices or more enclosed meeting areas. And we don't know yet how all that's going to shake out. It's the challenge, and I think for us, we've got to have a multi-tiered strategy of working with employers to bring office workers back, working with the city and our economic development department uh, partners to make sure that we've got the right incentives in place that are going to encourage businesses to locate in the city's core and expand here, uh, and that we have adaptive reuse strategies where, again, we're, we're able to move millions of square feet into productive use and focus our business attraction uh, efforts on the places that are most viable as office buildings
0: we want to bring in questions from the audience in just a second um while we set up the microphones i want to ask you this this last question is there a, a peer city or even a smaller city that you're looking to that is doing something great. There was just a, a you know about twelve cities profiled mm-hmm. in the New York Times, yeah. um, and none of them seem to have it figured out. Whether it was like Seattle or Peoria, Arizona, I yeah. didn't know there was a Peoria in Arizona. Um, there is. It's yeah. outside of it's outside, <laughs> It's you. outside I, of Phoenix. I, I learned something new today yeah. too. So. But um, is there is there another city, another community that is doing, probably not doing it all right, but doing something that you're like, we need to take a look at that.
2: I don't think there's one city. Yeah. Uh, and, and to me, that, that that's the the beauty of, of downtown cleveland alliance being so active in the international downtown association because it, it, it's looking at best practices uh, in a lot of cities uh, that are working and that could be rep- replicable here um, I'll, I'll mention a couple though uh, specifically i just joined the, uh, the uh, destination cleveland board of directors on a best practices trip to montreal uh, where we were looking at, at placemaking, um, how a city in a cold climate animates their public spaces, uses public art, uses, uses lighting uh, to make themselves more attractive to visitors and to residents and, and, and workers. Uh, some great strategies there, particularly around lighting, that I think you're going to see and hear more from uh, them and Downtown Cleveland Alliance on in, in, in the coming uh, months and years. Uh, we've always looked uh, to center city philadelphia is a place that is a bigger city bigger metropolitan area but faces a lot of the same challenges and it's doing a lot of things really really well in terms of uh, how they uh, design manage and program their public spaces how they integrate that with their retail housing and business uh, attraction work Uh, and they've done a wonderful job of of building that really mixed use highly amenitized downtown that's you know grown their The residential base off the charts over the last several years so while we and and we certainly look at places in our own backyard you know we we look at what uh, some of the great things that 3cdc is doing down uh, in cincinnati Uh, there's some great uh, uh, bike infrastructure and and riverfront work going on uh, in downtown pittsburgh and downtown columbus so we're looking in our own backyard uh, and and looking at some of those you know bigger cities that have some some similarities to us uh, to try to bring those those best practices here
0: Michael Demers, president and CEO of the Downtown Cleveland Alliance. And uh, if you have a question, please raise your hand. Our team will help you uh, make your way to the microphone. If you'd like to tweet a question, you can tweet it at the City Club, and we'll work it in. Or you can text your question to three three zero five four one five seven nine four. 541 5794 I think we have a first question right here.
2: Yeah, our first question is a text question that we received. It says, uh, downtown Cleveland is fairly inhospitable to children and seniors. Streets are too wide, bike lanes are lacking, transit service is greatly reduced from 20 years ago, and public spaces are often built to be photographed instead of used. There are no accessible playgrounds. What is DCA doing to make a safe, multimodal neighborhood that's safe for all ages? (laughs)
0: <laughs> High and tight. Uh,
2: I agree. Um I I I I I I agree. Um we we, we need all of those things. Um and I, I think the uh I think the organization uh for many years uh focused heavily on uh clean and safe and what I would characterize as traditional economic development work. Uh and we, we weren't Uh, as active as we needed to be in uh, the placemaking space and everything that you just described is placemaking and that's exactly where our strategic plan is telling us we need to go i think that's where the community needs to go that's where uh, the mayor and his team want to go so uh, we're uh, we've made an added effort in 2022 uh, to activate our public spaces uh, more Uh, We're working closely with the city of Cleveland on uh, how to better uh, maintain and program uh, our public spaces. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot over the next couple of years on uh, bike infrastructure, sidewalk infrastructure, lighting, streetscaping, uh, all those things that make downtown special places. Uh, Those are the things that we're prioritizing right now um incidentally uh and i appreciate the phrasing of the question around playgrounds the inaccessible playgrounds uh, we uh, just in time for the pandemic to start we did we did work with uh, the great lake science center um, down in north coast harbor uh, to install uh, downtown's first uh, playground um, uh, it's it's there and i think it's a great asset for uh, the children and families that not only go to the science center but enjoy uh, north coast harbor Uh, We need more of that. That wasn't uh, an end that was a beginning. We need more places uh, for kids to play, more stuff for them to climb on in our public uh, spaces. I've got a nine-year-old girl, and one thing I know is you don't necessarily need a playground. You need stuff to climb on. It looks fun. (laughs) Uh, And and we have lots of public spaces. If we public square in the malls and Perk Plaza, Canal Basin Park, where we can do those sorts of things. Uh, So everything that you just described, yes to all of it, and we need more of it, and we're on it. Go
1: ahead, sir. Hey, Michael. Hey, uh, you Michael. mentioned you know, our, you know, our greatest assets that we have here in Cleveland, and two of them are our Great Inland Sea and our Crooked River that you know, with
2: you, know, if you count your toes and your feet, there's more remarkable vistas on that Crooked River than you know, could be imagined. If we look at Columbus, if we look at Cincinnati, if we look at Dayton, and the progress that they've made and where they started conversations as we did 20, 25 years ago, we've had some good little wins. But they've yeah. had remarkable strides. Yeah. In a perfect world, what are the top three things we need to do to get it done on our riverfront and our lakefront to fully embrace our Burnham legacy? Great, great questions and, and, and timely, because one of the things I'm most excited about from a downtown perspective is that uh, tangible things are happening now. I think we've got a, a, a mayor and an administration that is uh, committed not to just talking about uh, the lakefront, uh, but is committed uh, to getting tangible work done uh, on the lakefront. I, I think everybody in the room is probably aware uh, that the the city is in the process of uh, selecting a master planner uh, for the, the lakefront. Um, uh, so I, I think the, the first thing that needs to happen uh, is happening. You, you need city leadership that's committed to getting it done, and, and I think we have that. Um, I am excited about the riverfront uh, because I think the riverfront is is ready to pop I mean we've got bedrock that uh, controls uh, substantial real estate that has visionary plans um, and uh, is is committed to executing I think we've got a a partner uh, in flats forward that has uh, organized the property owners uh, in the neighborhood uh, to, to really work with the public sector uh, and uh, developers that are planning big projects and the civic sector uh, to, to make sure that we're, we're creating an environment that really uh, connects to the core, connects to Ohio City to the west and creates that seamless urban, uh, urban fabric. Uh, so I think that the second thing that you need, we also have is strong, committed private property ownership. Uh, and the, the, the third thing that's necessary is an aligned and organized uh, civic community uh, and we have that as well. So I think all the ingredients are there, uh, and I think it's happening. And that's to, to a community that has talked for decades. I, I talk about wringing our hands in carpal tunnel syndrome. We've wrung our hands for how long about the waterfronts? It's happening.
1: Good afternoon, Michael. Thanks for thanks for being here and, and your comments. Um,
2: for For those of us that rely upon a full downtown, and you're talking mm-hmm. about, you're being
1: optimistic and you're talking about you know, all these ideas. Um, Many of us need data. And I think you uh, were quoted as saying that Cleveland is at 61% capacity, and that's a data point that's good for us. Um, And I wonder what full means in the future and how uh, the Alliance and and your team can help all of us understand when we're full or when we're moving towards full, (laughs) would help us with our strategic plan on where we're going as an organization.
2: No, I, Tim, I, I appreciate the question, and I think, I, I think it's one that there, there's some uncertainty around. Um, you know, I, I, we, we track uh, the return of office workers through a couple of sources. You know, we're, we're looking at uh, a database that we subscribe to called Placer that tracks uh, cell phone movements. Uh, so, big brother's watching. Um, <laughs> we, we look at uh, cell phone uh, movements. Uh, we look at uh, security card swipes in office towers. Uh, we look at parking garage swipes. So we're, we're looking across uh, a number of, of data sources uh, that all point in that, that 60% direction. You know, I, I'm of the mind that eight, eight, an 80% return to office on any, any given day um, it, it would be success. Um, that's the, the goal uh, I have in mind. Uh, so, Tim, as, as, we're, as we're working towards uh, 80% and, and working with all of you in the community, Uh, I'd I'd love to get to 100%. Um, uh, I I just think with the the flexibility that we talked about and more people uh, coming and going at different times of day over the course of the week uh, to their place of employment. um, You know, I think of 80% as that new equilibrium and we're going to continue to track uh, as best and as closely as we can and report uh, consistently to the community and, and work with you on uh, getting to that number as quickly as we can. Uh, and we're not going to be satisfied once we get there. We'll, we'll keep pushing. But I do kind of think of that as the new equilibrium.
0: Michael, do you, th- do you think that employers and managers bear some responsibility f- to incentivize their employees? And not just, like, get your butt in the office <laughs> or you don't have a job, but more like, um, come into the office, we're going to do, do, we're going to have, like, you know, we're going to do this retreat today, bring everybody
2: back and actually like remind people how much fun it is to be in the office. Absolutely. And when I go back to the Connection is Stronger Downtown campaign that we worked with uh, the mayor and his team and employers on earlier this year, um, that was exactly the strategy. Employers were thinking in terms of "Mm, we can't mandate people coming back in uh, because people have so many options. The next employer down the street isn't going to mandate it. So they were really focused on creating. Uh, the experience inside their offices we had you know building owners that were focused on creating you know the amenity base inside the building and making it attractive and doing fun things to encourage their tenants to come back into the building and our role in that equation was to to animate the public spaces of downtown and remind people of what it is they love about being together what it is they love about uh, being downtown so I think the answer to that question is a resounding yes and I think it's happening with mixed success
3: um, I just moved here about a week and a half ago from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque's a. Cleveland?
1: Well, s- yeah. Of a- Thank you.
3: <laughs> that happens every time I say that. It's my. It's, <laughs> it's the most bring wonderful. Bring family and friends. No, it's a, it's a wonderful city, and I just you know Albuquerque's a city of about seven hundred thousand people. And our downtown is is a shadow compared to this. Uh, so what what y'all have achieved in the last 30 years that I've been, my son lives here I've been coming here for 30 years to visit. What you've achieved in 30 years is is remarkable. And heart, it's easy to be upset, but it's it's amazing what Cleveland has done. I'm very very pleased to be here. Um, the the question is uh, an Albuquerque developer was going to put a high-rise in downtown, and he said. That the reason was that the market data showed that you know younger people and people like me, old people, uh, you know, need to be and wanted to be in in this walkable place with amenities and all the rest of it. My generation is dying off, and the younger generation is forming families, having children. They want schools. They want yards. And I'm wondering if the demographics might be against some of the residential planning that uh, some folks may have uh, going on.
2: No, I appreciate that and and really appreciate the the comments about our our downtown. And welcome to Cleveland. We're we're happy to have you. Uh, You know, as as we look at the demographics of of the the downtown population, look, the the highest uh, percentage is consistently uh, people in their, their, their 20s and 30s, that, that, that's very consistent. Um, one of our, our fastest growing demographics, actually I think our fastest growing demographic before the pandemic uh, w- was kind of in the empty nest category. Uh, we've, all, we've always struggled as a downtown, and again, this is not unique to Cleveland. I think all downtowns have struggled you know, to hang on to families once they begin to, uh, to have children. Um, and I think we've got the opportunity uh, in downtown Cleveland, to really have uh, a truly intergenerational, family-friendly downtown uh, that is attractive uh, to young people, uh, that is attractive uh, to empty nesters, and has uh, the amenity base uh, that's attractive to families, uh, cracking the code on families is the most challenging. But you know, I, I think the base is there. You know, we've got great public places uh, like Public Square and the malls, North Coast Harbor. Uh, we've got the river and the lake, uh, a great library, a great science center. Uh, So we've got so many pieces and parts that form a foundation uh, for families. Uh, But as we've talked a little bit about, we need to build the amenity base, the amenity package. But I I think um, the layout of our downtown, the walkability of our downtown, uh, the the current amenity base we have really gives us the opportunity uh, to create uh, and a wonderfully unique, intergenerational, family-friendly place. Excellent. All right, we have a question here from Twitter. Uh, While downtown does have a number of small boutiques from Fifth Street Arcades to Tower City, it sorely needs more and not what's already in the suburbs or in Steelyard Commons. What are we doing to bring retailers that aren't here yet? Uh, It's a great question and uh, we do need more retail uh in, in downtown uh, i'm uh i'm excited about the plans that uh bedrock is working on with with tower city center to really transform that place uh into a kind of an indoor global uh, marketplace uh, I, I think that has has great potential um, i think heading into the pandemic uh, really the, the, at the beginning of 2020 uh, we were looking at the opportunity on, on euclid avenue in particular uh, to really accelerate retail development. The, 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 the picture at the beginning of 2020 was, uh, you know, by the end of that year, we were going to hit 20,000 residents from Public Square to Playhouse Square. Uh, it was really going to be filled in and feel like a complete street with projects like the May Company, the Beacon Athletic Club, the Lumen, and, and on down the line. Uh, and we were going to have storefronts uh, that were newly white boxed on that stretch. And then 2020 happened, so I I think that um, that we're we're picking up that playbook now, uh, where we've got that opportunity uh, along Euclid Avenue is kind of our historic main street, our historic retail corridor um, to attract uh, more and more diverse and different kinds of retail, and I think we've got a a similar opportunity uh, with Bedrock's investment in Tower City Center to really uh, reimagine how that's going to serve uh, residents uh, in, in the community. And then I think it fills in from there. You know, I, I think uh, our mo- the most human scale uh, part of downtown is the warehouse district. And I think uh, the more density we can build in the warehouse district, uh, the more we can create, you know, more of a boutique retail experience uh, in, in parts of the warehouse district. But we, 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 need, to be, we need to build more residential uh, density in that western tier of downtown for that to happen. Awesome, Thank you. All right, we have a text question, and it says, we've seen so much development. Where do you see the people moving downtown in Tremont, Ohio City, et cetera? Uh, Where are they coming from? And do you see more coming in to support the new developments, especially with the current housing market and inflation? Uh, It's a great question. It it, it touches in some ways on on that more overarching question about what's the depth of demand for downtown housing. and I've, I've focused my remarks uh, today on uh, downtown living and, and kind of downtown proper, uh, but there's a, a lot of residential development going on uh, on the near west side. We're, we're starting to see more residential development on the near east side, and that's all great because we, we need a strong core that isn't just a strong downtown. We truly need a strong uh, uh, center city. Uh, we see people coming from all over, uh, The newcomers, uh, from other uh, that are coming to Cleveland for, for jobs, uh, particularly young people, are looking to settle in walkable, transit-oriented, 15-minute-type neighborhoods. It goes back to what I, I said earlier in my remarks. We know what attracts talent. It's, it's the kind of neighborhoods that we're building in the center city. Uh, we got to double down on that. Uh, we see uh, young people coming out of college, locating in the center city, uh, and empty nesters, um, we've got to continue to, I think, to make um, our, our city neighborhoods immediately surrounding downtown um, even more family-friendly. I think they are family-friendly. Um, I think uh, we see a lot of downtown residents, as they form families, uh, head to Ohio City in Tremont, uh, and are, you know, as, as housing prices have increased uh, on the near west side are starting to look uh, to the near east side, and that's all very healthy. That's, that, that's how that should uh, work. So we see people coming from all over, uh, and I think that's a very positive, healthy sign uh, for the greater downtown area.
4: I think we
0: have our last question.
4: Hello. Michael, thank you so much for everything. A lot thank of hard you work you're doing. You can stop there. <laughs> <Right>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you, too. Right.
4: And Dan, you're on fire today, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> thank um, you. My question's really about the Sid and we talked about how it's challenging to get us said, yeah. How do you decide we're doing a good job with that? Because based on our perspective, you know, the Chamber of Commerce with the Greater Cleveland Partnership is at Playhouse Square. And it went from, we were one of the first people downtown living, really watching and seeing what's going on. It went from nobody there to, it's pretty entertaining right now if you look at Playhouse Square, if you know what I mean. If you have a YouTube channel, I'd probably make a lot of money with a video of just what's going on. And the challenge without Without the SID, they do an unbelievable job, as Mm -hmm. we watch. Mm -hmm. But how do you decide you're doing a a, a good job with that? How do you rate it? How do you track it? How do you figure it out? Because the the safety of downtown is so critical. Mm -hmm. And getting more people to come downtown, I want to encourage it. But how do you decide you're doing a good job on that?
2: No, I I really appreciate the the, the question. And I think think that's at the core of our work. As I said uh, uh, in my remarks, a, a clean, safe, welcoming foundation is where it all begins. Uh, you're, you're, we're not going to attract people, jobs, or investment uh, without that clean, safe, uh, welcoming foundation. So, you know, w- when it comes to cleanliness and safety of downtown, we're, we're looking at both the perception and the reality uh, and in how the market is responding. So, at one level, it's, you know, how many, uh, how many interventions uh, are ambassadors making? Um, what impact are we having on, uh, crime, what impact are we having on the level uh, of the unsheltered population uh, in downtown and again i 'll go back to my uh, my IDA experience where uh, when, when I talk with my peers in other cities um, about the, the the challenges that we face with uh, our unsheltered population, um, they, they, they think I'm, they think i 'm kidding. Uh, the other cities that, that are out there, they have hundreds of people sleeping on their version of public square because they don't have access to shelter. Um, they don't have access to so- social services. We have challenges here, but we don't have that challenge. I'll go back to what I said in my remarks. The challenge that we're dealing with is a shelter- and treatment-resistant population. And the only place that I've talked to that's dealing with a similar problem is Times Square. Time, Times Square... Uh, has they have beds uh, in New York City, they have services, they are dealing with a shelter and treatment resistant population where we're investing time and energy in making sure that we're building trust and persuading people to accept the help that's available. Uh, that's that's a harder thing to track, but I will say uh, the property owners in downtown, uh, they they get it, uh, they they understand. Uh, that uh, we, we don't have that level of uh, uh, homelessness that they see in other cities uh, but that we have a, a very serious challenge of making sure that the individuals who are uh, in the street um, in need of services that we're investing the time and energy and working with all the social service providers because these are not issues we're going to solve on our own uh, but that we're connecting them with services but you know take it back to the essence of your question of how do we how do we demonstrate value to the owners i, th- I think the, the 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 proof is in the the results of are people living downtown uh, are people uh, coming to visit and experience and support uh, residents uh, are they choosing to locate their businesses uh, in downtown and th- that's the real metric I mean, you can you can we need to invest time and energy in uh, creating that clean, safe foundation, uh, but the real measure is in what are the results of the experience of downtown? Uh, what are the results of people wanting to live, work, and play in downtown?
0: Michael Deemers, President and CEO of Downtown Cleveland Alliance, thank you very much, sir. Our forum today is sponsored by PNC. We're so grateful for your support and partnership. We'd also like to welcome guests at tables hosted by Bracadia, Cuyahoga Community College, Destination Cleveland, the Downtown Cleveland Alliance, Falls & Company, Greater Cleveland Partnership, the Greater Cleveland Regional Transit Authority, MC Squared STEM High School, the Millennia Companies, PNC and Team Neo. Be sure to join us tomorrow on November 11th. We'll learn about the state constitution and your power to alter it at the ballot box. Next Tuesday, November 15th, we will hear from Sari Horwitz. She's a four-time Pulitzer Pulitzer Prize-winning investigative journalist with The Post. She will talk about her new book, American Cartel, that chronicles the role of the pharmaceutical industry in the opioid crisis. And uh, recently added to our calendar, Thursday, November 17th, we'll be joined by Lieutenant General Russell Honore uh, also known as the raging Cajun, not kidding, who will discuss the needs of our country's veterans, and he'll be in conversation with Kerry uh, Howard, who is the Director of Public Safety for the City of Cleveland. If you want to find out more, please join us at cityclub.org, and that brings us to the end of our forum today. Michael, thank you so much. Thank you, members and friends of the City Club. Our forum is adjourned.
4: Thank you. Great job. For information on upcoming speakers or for podcasts of the City Club, go to cityclub.org.
0: Production and distribution of City Club forums on IdeaStream Public Media are made possible by PNC and the United Black Fund of Greater Cleveland, Incorporated.